Welcome to the Tradfest podcast, brought to you by the Temple Bar Company. Hello and welcome to the second of this series where we talk to partners or siblings who perform and write together. Our guests this week are Ray Hughes and Shan Chandler, better known as the Black Feathers. How can you fly? You might fall And how can you love if you just won't give at all And with the death of a season give me
Oh, that's beautiful. Arclight there from the album Soaked to the Bone, which is a very interesting name uh, for an album. It's by Ray Hughes and Shan Chandler, known to us actually at Tradfest as the Black Feathers. And Shan and Ray are on the line, I'm delighted to say. Shan, first things first, a little bit about your background. Where are you from yourself? Because I know that you're living in Wales right now. Yeah, so I'm from Gloucestershire. Um, we moved to Wales uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, but I am pretty damn Welsh really at heart I think um four of my three of my grandparents were born in Wales and my mum was born in Wales so I think that makes me pretty Welsh apart from the fact that I'm having trouble reading anything in Welsh (laughs) like anything I can hardly pronounce where we live I am delighted to hear that because many times when we were on the road years ago, we'd get the ferry across to Hollyhead and we wouldn't understand the bit until we got the far side of Wales. It's a beautiful language when you hear it spoken, mind you. Yeah, for sure. And sung as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Ray, you probably would have the same difficulties as myself then understanding how Welsh is written, but you're because you're from this side of the pond, you're a, a Dublin native, are you? I am, yes. I moved to England in 2000. Two. What part of Dublin, by the way, were you in? Uh, I grew up in Tala. Uh, right. I left. Le- I've spent the later years uh, right in the middle of town, just off Parnell Street, uh, up on North Great Georges Street. And it was a lot of fun for a while, but you know, it's uh, it's the city, and the city kind of grinds you down after a time. So, I escaped with a girl, and we came to a uh, came to the Gloucestershire countryside. It was a different girl. Yeah, it so. wasn't me. <laughs> Okay, Shan soon sorted that out, if I can say that properly. Yeah. <laughs> Home record. So, so then, uh, how did you two meet then? Uh, there was there was a pub. There was drinking involved, and I, I was I was I'm a very I was a very loud drunk, and uh, I thought that he was a very loud drunk. <laughs> yes, and uh, okay. we end, ended up playing pool and talking about music and. She was putting a band together to play a show and I just kind of said, hey, I'll come play in your band. And she couldn't say no, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I think I just sort of went with it. I'd be like, oh, well, we'll see how that turns out. And yeah, it turned out that we got married and <laughs> you know, started a band. And <laughs> yeah, that was a whole different band as well. That was like an age ago, you know. Yeah, it was a, a rock band. Um, I sang and played guitar a little bit and... Ray played 12 string and hammered dulcimer, so he didn't sing at all. But we did, that's where we started uh, writing songs together. That whole coming together then of music, I tell you what, I, I read a little piece here. It said uh, Americana, folk and acoustic indie rock sensibilities coexist comfortably in their musical <laughs> world with Hughes' guitar work buying the kind of harmonies often only heard in family bands. And I thought that was a really, really good description because you do sing like siblings. There's a really, there's an amazing um, chemistry between both of your voices. Yeah, I, I you know, People pick up on that, and we we don't really have an explanation for it. It's it's it just happened. It just came together. Yeah, and before we even started like singing together, we were already married at that point. Like, you know, we had no choice. If we sounded <laughs> terrible together, we would still be where we are. But yeah, it's it's. I think we only realise that our voices work well together because people keep telling us they do. It's just something that we do, you know, it just is. The early days were mainly dominated by by Shan. She was she was very much the singer and I was the kind of backing vocal. 
Um, but I guess as the years go on, one gets stronger and more confident and, you know, now we're trading blows. I think that's kind of how it's ended up. <laughs> and actually it's, it's awesome to be able to have somebody to, to share the, the burden of, of lyrics and melody and, yeah, and to, and to you know, fight with. I think that's what yeah, she's getting at. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And then it winds up as a song, but the way I mentioned soaked to the bone was an interesting name. You, you're, you're, you're people for interesting names because you had a band one time called Just to Annoy Ray. So maybe if you yep. explain where did that name come from, the name of that, that was your, your previous band. It's self-explanatory, really. <laughs> yeah, I was like, just wondering, was there, what's the story behind it? Uh, there was five of us in that band and every name that we came up with, Ray, would always say, oh, no, not that one. So... The four of us decided that we were going to call the band just to annoy Ray and put it on a poster and it just stuck. Yeah. That's a good one. Those were good times. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Where did you come up with the name Black Feathers? It is the only name that we could agree on. Um, I wish that there was something. Yeah, we we were just trying to come up with something that reflected the music in some way. We had the name before we had any music but we, we, we knew, knew where we wanted yeah to go. we knew where we were going to go with it but we like so we wanted something that was going to be a little bit dark but at the same time not too aggressive or too scary or anything like that you know so it seemed to fit seemed to tick both, the boxes. we both think that we came up with the name no i came up with the name i'm pretty sure that i did <laughs> i was going to say i leave me out of it anyway <laughs> So was that with a full band or is it just a duo? Just the two of us. Always been the two of us. And then for recordings, we will enlist the help of other musicians to try and communicate things a little easier. Because, you know, they know the live show is a very different animal to uh, to the recorded version for us, you know. So any anything that will help us convey what we're trying to say on a recording is, is something that we will take any time. <laughs> But then that name soaked to the bone because it's certainly an expression I could relate to here. Uh, it's a, it's it's it has connotations about it. Where did you come up with that? It's actually a lyric from one of the songs. Yeah, it was. I think again we we thought quite long and hard about what to call the album, and it didn't seem right to pick any song title over any of the others because they're all our children. We can't have a favorite. <laughs> yes, I get that. Yeah. I think it was if if. Hope were the raindrops, you know, I'd be soaked to the bone. What's yeah, the lyric? Which is kind of where we were at with the album. Like yeah. we just it was our first one. And yeah, we just we're excited to put it out there. It's a nice lyric too, I must say, in there Thank with you. that. Um so what's the process then when ye write music or how does it work? Is it a, a musical line first or is it a poetry first, if you know what I mean? It's a it's a it's a kind of moving target. It depends on the song. Um, sometimes there'll be just just some chord progressions uh, and, and, and a melody immediately suggests itself to go with that. Other times there'll be a melody and you you know you'll find a chord progression that naturally fits behind that. Or sometimes it will be an idea, a phrase, uh, just to, or like you know some lyrics. Just you've been you've been working on a couplet or something. Yeah, that it always always starts with a guitar part. And I don't know where where he conjures these guitar parts <laughs> from, but you know some of them are really beautiful. And when I hear them, they will make me kind of 
feel a certain way and I guess that will dictate where I feel like I want to take it. Like I'm definitely the kind of person that needs to just jam something out and see where it takes me. Or I'll, I will let things kind of gestate in my head for weeks or even months at a time before I even play them in, in reality, you know? So it's kind of hard sometimes to like write a song in real time together <laughs> because they're just so different ways of working. Um, but it's getting... We're getting, getting better, easier, isn't it? We used to we, we we would we would never work in the same building up until recently. Like we, we'd have studios on opposite sides of town, and we'd email ideas back and forth so we wouldn't have to be in the same room together. It's it's a strange thing to admit, but it is how it was. So, what about uh, what about the idea? Uh, are you able for each other's let's say rejection of maybe ideas that you might come up with? Or oh no. Uh, is that oh, no, a... no that, that does not that does not end well ever. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, that that becomes a marital problem. <laughs> I mean, that is the thing that, like, we unless we both really like something, then it just has to go in the bin, or at least sidelined sidelined for a bit. So, which um... explains why we're not very prolific um, in terms of our writing, mainly because we throw away far far more than we keep. Um, but I, I I don't know how true that is for other writers. I, I'd be interested to find out actually. But for us, it's just maybe two percent of songs that we write we keep. But also sometimes you kind of gone back for whatever reason and and picked up a song that we put in the bin and both kind of said, "What's wrong with that?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm kind of afraid yes. of what's in there. But... Well, I know that after your performances at Tradfest, uh, certainly uh, people just loved what they were hearing there. They just loved that that chemistry that was there in the pepper canister. It was such a great night. Yeah, it really was. And the fact that it was recorded is just like, it was awesome because just for us, like everything was just perfect. The crowd were brilliant and the space was great. Tradfest was awesome. You know, I've, I've seen the pe- pepper canister many, many times on my way through, through Dublin City and I'd never been into it until that night. And it was really, it was really special to to walk in there and kind of, you know, this is our this is our stage for the night. It was it was really awesome. And that album, then that CD, that, you, that live album, did you put anything else onto it after you did the recording in Pepper Canister? No, it's just it's just the recording uh, mixed and mastered. We cut out all the guitar tuning and the like, but other than that, it's as it was yeah, pretty and much. The, and the talking. Oh, and the talking. Yeah, the talking. Yeah, there's, a little, there's a little bit of it in there. Actually, speaking of talking, and you mentioned it there earlier, you were quite shy, is it, yourself? You weren't exactly that comfortable anyway about being on stage and speaking to people. Uh, well, it's probably true. I tend, to, I tend to worry about guitars first and microphones second. And, um... and I won't let them get a word in edgeways. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fair that's enough. What about, you, what about your backgrounds then? Because, uh, Ray... There's music in your background anyway, so I would have thought you would have been used to that environment, no? Well, I grew up very much an emphasis on classical music in my in my family. And it's not to say that there's not much room for personal expression, but it's it's a very different way of uh, communicating. Uh, and it's not something that I'd had any real experience with. You know, I'm basically I'm basically half the front of a band now. Mm-hmm. Whereas before I would, you know, I'd play a flute solo or I'd be playing in an orchestra or something. And it's, it's, it's just a very different position to be in. So it's it's taken a while for me to get comfortable with it. Uh, and Shan, uh, you didn't quite have the same. My dad was really into country music and 
you play the guitar and play these country songs and I was a kid and I just hated it. <laughs> I hate, I hate oh, there was a, it's something much more positive there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I kind of, I think I, I think it's because it was dad's music. You know, I just, I just really, yeah. it wasn't cool. And so it's kind of funny now that I've kind of gone this full circle and, you know, now it's something that I can share with him and, you know, it's something that, we both like so it's, it's kind of cool duet on your cheating heart now <laughs> does he ever say does he ever say i told you so no but we both know <laughs> he's too much of a gentleman for that yeah. uh, what about then inspiration for your songs and lyrics where, do, where does that come from it comes from everything really uh and from our own experiences and other people's i remember we had this review uh once about the album i think it said something like uh it doesn't really seem like it fits with their story which i was kind of really confused about because like you know if we only wrote about things that were relevant to you know the, the time that we got married then there wouldn't really be a lot to say we both kind of lived full lives so you know we both have stuff that we want to sing about yeah, it's 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 a very it's a strange thing. Obviously, we draw on we draw on personal experience a lot, um, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, I, th I think that particular review they were talking about um, homesick in particular, one of the songs from it's the album, song. which is a breakup song. Like it's it's not it's not a particularly pleasant song. You're just like, oh yeah, you didn't mean that. And it's like, well, we didn't mean it about us, but we meant it about something. You know, it's we've all been through that, and it's not fun. So it's, it's, yeah, I mean, the inspiration can come from anywhere, though. Uh, you know, something in your past, something in the news, something, uh, a, a line, a line a friend said in a conversation. Anything can be that little spark, you know? Yeah, we both kind of have a, a bank of words almost we share. If we hear a line or something that somebody says, then we just write it down without saying anything to each other. And then it'll, it'll be there in this bank of words if we need to draw on anything. Well, then where did you bank, or where did you draw from when you came up with the line, the ghosts have eaten well? <laughs> uh, I think Shan brought this one to the table. She, uh, and then you twisted it. I twisted it, yeah. What was, <laughs> what's, what was the show? I was... Round the twist, that was it. We end up, because we do so much driving, you know, some of the conversations get pretty bizarre. And uh, I ended up talking about this this tv show that i watched when i was like eight and i i the program was about the fact that uh ghosts uh feed off of the sunset and i thought this is a this is that's a, a nice idea but obviously how, how are we going to make it work in a song and then the idea came that we could just talk about a long time ago and if it's a long time ago then those ghosts have eaten well because there's been a lot of sunsets between then and now that's kind of where the idea came from. Well, there you go. Well, why don't we have a listen to The Ghosts Have Eaten Well? Never seen a miracle before Been looking at the inside of this open door But I've seen things that I've never seen before Now the ghosts have eaten well Mama always told me no 
out to be so bold But that's easy now that I am growing old And the ghosts have eaten well More heavenly music there from our two guests here on the podcast. We're delighted to say that the Black Feathers are with us, Ray Hughes and Shan Chandler. We mentioned the good time that we had with you when you came to Dublin, and we hope that we will repeat those times again, actually, at Tradfest. Are there memorable gigs for you along the way, or are the big gigs what give you satisfaction, or are the, the small, intimate, folk-club-type gigs, do they give you more satisfaction how do you cope with the, the varying sizes of, of venues and stuff? There's There are kind of, there's probably two shows, maybe three shows that stand out for me. And they're all kind of different sizes, actually, like from the very small ones um, with the Bluebird in Nashville, um, which is, I imagine, about 60 people or something like that. And uh, But it's that kind of pin drop silence, that, you know, listening room intensity. And then there was a show we played. I think we were in Belfast. Uh, we were opening for Eddie Reader. And it was my birthday and Sean let everybody know that it was my birthday. And uh, I was, I was then treated to a, a rousing version of happy birthday from the audience. 
It was quite an emotional moment, actually, because I don't think yeah. I've ever heard that many people sing Happy Birthday yeah, at the was, same time. That was amazing. That was really, really cool. And then there's the, the kind of biggest show we've done, uh, probably, was when we opened for Steve Winwood in Manchester. And that was just spectacular. It's amazing. I love playing them all for completely different reasons. Um, I do find the smaller shows a lot more nerve wracking than the big ones. Um, I think it's because I can see people's eyes <laughs> and, you know, they're judging. I know I do. Um, yeah, it's just kind of, I think it's just the bigger shows I kind of feel like I can just let go a bit more almost. But when you're on, a, on let's say, somebody else's stage, like, let's say, Steve Winwood there, is that challenging because you're actually working with, you're trying to convince his audience that you are that you should be there, if you know what I mean? No, not at all. I, 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 I gave up on trying to impress people a long time ago. I figured you just go out, you do, you do what you do to the best of your ability, and if people like it, then great. And if they don't... What are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, it kind of takes the pressure off because you know that they're not there to see you. So, <laughs> you know, if they like it, then brilliant. Yeah, no, I just want to. I just know from other from other sort of let's say experiences over the years. There's something quite uh, satisfying about playing to another band's audience and they actually deciding that they like your music. You know, so it's just really what oh, I was absolutely. asking. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's it's. It's always fun. It's a little you, you never you're never quite sure how it's gonna go, I mean, depending on who you're opening for. Um I know we had a few people come up to us after the Steve Winwood show and say, you know, I was a bit surprised when a country band came out to open, but you guys are really good. And I'm just like, Oh well, I'll take that. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> what about touring then? You've toured in the United States. How was that for you? Yeah, we, we do we do a lot of touring in the US. It's really it's been really good for us. Uh, we've we've done a few of the Folk Alliance conferences, and that's led to quite substantial tours, particularly on the East Coast. Uh, you mentioned Folk Alliance. Actually, I'd be interested to know what your your experience was there. I've been at it a couple of times. I've been involved, um, and it's quite the marketplace, I suppose. Really, <laughs> but it can, but it can be daunting for 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 bands and groups. Well, we've heard this about Folk Alliance International. We've not been to Folk Alliance International. So they do um they do a bunch of regional smaller versions of the same thing. For everybody that doesn't know, it's a kind of a uh bunch of musicians take over a hotel and play music until five in the morning. That's basically the gist of how it works. Mm. Um so there's there's but the, we've been to a few of the regionals. We've done the Northeast and we've done the Far West one, and we've just booked amazing shows off the back of performances there so folk lines for us has it's 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 tough work but it's been really really rewarding for us that's really good to hear but speaking of touring then and if you're touring in the states or if you're touring britain or indeed if you're touring ireland as well do you tailor it or you know do you do you think it do you overthink it i'm just wondering if you're going to different uh, audiences uh, we have we do have a tendency to overthink and then just as people yeah that's just that's just how we are but yeah we've learned that you do have to kind of tailor the show a little bit depending on where you're going it's 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 just it's it's i don't know it's something you, you sub, kind of subconsciously pick up on yeah, i think I definitely say a subconscious thing like because like particularly in america because it is so big i mean sometimes crossing state lines is a little bit like going to a different country yeah, it's really difficult to describe. And like just going going from North Carolina to South Carolina, 
is a very they're they're very different audiences and they they kind of expect a different type of show it's 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 a strange when you're talking about listening rooms i mean it's a strange thing uh what about touring i know everybody came to a full stop hit the wall yeah. what are your plans you're in wales at the moment so wales and england and scotland we understand will be opening up for some sort of venues in the next few months uh, nothing like that going to happen in ireland for quite a while so what are your plans well we're, we're keeping it fairly fairly easy at the moment just you know waiting to see what happens uh we do have a show next month in oxford uh and a couple of other things on the on the back burner but we're we're not really going to look at anything too serious probably until 22 um and we're already looking at some us dates for the spring for the summer spring and summer of 22 i mean we were in we were actually in massachusetts when the lockdown hit last year uh we had another five months touring ahead of us and uh it oh. all just all just stopped we were a month in and it all just stopped and we had to try and find a way of getting home it was it was rough if if anything positive has to come out of it it's that uh we find it really difficult to write songs when we're on the road and we've kind of constantly toured three years and so it's kind of give us given us a chance to be able to take a breath and just write write as many songs as we can so that's been one positive let's say that has come out of this lockdown what about your online presence uh have you done many concerts online or can people watch you online yeah we've been doing a bunch on on facebook uh and the odd one now and then on zoom as well but we tend we tend to do at least one a month and they've been really good and... yeah they have but they they took a lot of getting used to it's surprising <laughs> how much you miss people clapping yes it's like i realized that that's just there to stop the awkwardness from when you've just finished the song it's like it was odd but we're used to it now so if nobody claps in person we'll be good with it and our our, our um our audience has been just so fantastic you know they've you know come to all the shows and just helped us stay alive they've been really really fantastic so a huge thank you to them as well that's fantastic to hear how would people for those that haven't heard you or seen you online how can people find out more about you do you have a website you can hit our website which is theblackfeathers.com and then you can find us on facebook or instagram twitter spotify any of that good stuff we're not on only fans yet but, uh, or TikTok. Or <laughs> anyway, look, it's been fantastic chatting to you, the Blackfellas. That's Ray Hughes and Shan Chandler. We're going to finish with a song, actually, Shan, that you recorded, that you put on your live album, which you recorded at Tradfest uh, in Temple Bar in 2019. Will you introduce it for us? Right. So uh, when we think about what what covers we're going to play, uh, we usually try and pick something that we can kind of twist and do our own thing with. And this is one of those songs. Um, it's Spirit in the Sky. And I remember we were in a cafe not too well long ago now, a good year ago. And uh, this came on and we both realised that it was actually a happy song. But well, it's in a major key, it's for in sure. It's a major key. We've been playing it in a minor one for far too long. I hadn't expected you to say so much about that, Shan Chandler <laughs> and Ray Hughes. Thanks a million for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, thank you. So how are your singing voices feeling? Was that confidence or fear? I couldn't tell. 
So we thought we'd play you a song that you would recognize in the hope that maybe you would sing along, loudly and proudly. You don't know what it is yet, though, do you? It'll be all right. When I die and they lay me to rest I'm gonna go to the place that's best And when I lay me down to die I'm going on up to the spirit in the sky Going up to the spirit in the sky That's where I'm gonna go when I die good prepare yourself you know it's a must gotta have a friend in Jesus so you know that when you die he's gonna recommend you to the spirit and the sky listening to the Tradfest podcast. For more information on Tradfest, go to tradfest.ie. Tradfest is brought to you by the Temple Bar Company.